In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with John Guarso about how to grow your Amazon business in 2020. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 116. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pileski, and I'm here today with John Guarso. John is the founder of OSHA Pacifica, a Seattle-based agency focused exclusively on helping brands sell on Amazon. He started the agency 12 years ago and is now managing over 100 top brands and a variety of product categories. I asked John on the show today to chat about how you can optimize your Amazon listings in 2020. So, hey, John, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for coming on the show. I love the topic, um, kind of this all Amazon stuff right now. Um, a lot of retailers are either on Amazon or moving to Amazon or thinking about selling Amazon. So everyone's everyone's kind of somewhere touching on Amazon right now. So I love the kind of topic of just how to grow that. So do you guys normally work with, I saw you work with brands, but is this just brands selling their own products or what kind of retailers typically do you work most with? Yeah, sure. So, you know, our, our, our primary client archetype is a branded manufacturer, but we also work with distributors, retailers, direct to consumer brands. So it, it kind of runs the gambit um, in terms of folks reselling other brands, products, reselling white label, private label products, or, you know, sort of traditional national brands. Uh, so really, you know, our clients are essentially entities that are trying to increase their sales top line growth on the Amazon platform in kind of the, the simplest way of saying it. Okay. So if you're a white label brand, white, white label retailer, um, you could still get some value out of, basically you shouldn't stop listening at this point. They can get some value yes. out of these tactics. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. All right. So are we talking when you typically kind of start working with someone, are they they're already on Amazon? Are they competing for the buy box or are they competing to show up at a search or where's a good place to focus? Yeah. So primarily they're, they're going to be competing, uh, in, in search. I mean, competing to win the buy box is, uh, is, is certainly a game that, that we play, but our primary goal is to drive more demand for a given product. So, you know, then there's kind of the secondary consideration is that demand going to you? Are you the, the seller that's winning the buy box? Um, I guess the way we look at the platform primarily is our sort of assumption is that you will be winning the buy box. And then, um, you know, we're really trying to drive demand for the product uh, overall. If there's if there's lost buy box issues or competitive buy box issues, we see that as a problem that needs to be solved, but more of kind of a shorter term consideration. And then longer term macro is, is really how to, how to grow the business in aggregate for a given product, series of products, brand, et cetera. So. Oh, okay. So you're trying to drive traffic to a listing. And yeah. And it's up to them to right. optimize that listing, optimize how they appear in that listing and optimize that listing yeah. themselves. Yeah. That, that's exactly. So if you break our business down into kind of the big, big chunks. It's, it's demand driving. So, you know, advertising, merchandising, promotions, et cetera, it's conversion. Um, that's primarily going to come back to content reviews, um, you know, images, video, that type of thing on the product detail page. And then I would put generally kind of the it's and it's a big bucket, everything else into sort of the retail readiness bucket. So making sure that you're winning the buy box, the products in stock, it's, you know, labeled correctly and packaged correctly, and you're not getting 
hand on cords or account suspensions, you know, things like that, that essentially maintain an ability to capture that increased demand and conversion. Yep. Okay. So, but kind of the first step is getting people from that searching that generic keyword term to actually clicking on your listing for that keyword term, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's obviously a big part of it, whether it's, whether it's first, second or third, frankly, depends on where the, the business is when we get into it. I mean, if you're setting up a business from scratch, you're actually much more focused primarily, you know, on the, the listing and kind of the retail ready basics of the business before you start driving demand, you have nothing to drive it to. Oftentimes we get into a business that's already established, you know, is already doing a million, 10 million, 50 million uh, on the platform. And then we're coming in saying, okay, how do we get from 50 to a hundred million? How do we get from one to 5 million, et cetera? So, okay. So let's say we're a retailer in that position. So we're already Amazon, already selling, getting some sales, but we'll just obviously want to do more. What would, how would you start approaching just saying, do you want to appear on higher up in the search on more searches? Do you, are you going like, what direction is the right direction to start? Yeah. So the primary driver of demand at this point is, is Amazon advertising. And within that to further kind of break it down, it's going to be the search product. So sponsored ads. So this is really, you know, fundamental to any strategy on the platform. Amazon has become much more of a pay to play platform than it was even three years ago. You know, for, for a given search, you search uh, toothpaste, five out of the, the top 10 product listings are paid now. I mean, you can almost be in a situation where every single listing above the fold is paid. You don't see any organic listings until you scroll, uh, depending on, on what device, you know, you're, you're looking at the site through. But um, it's a double edged because what it means is that there's now the opportunity to actually drive demand much faster and much more aggressively than there was before. Where before the incumbent sort of national brands, it was really their business to lose. And you had to really fight over years to kind of make, make a dent. Now with advertising, you have the ability, if you're aggressive and have a better strategy, you know, budget, et cetera, you have the ability to come in and disrupt the incumbent brands in a matter of months. The flip side of that, the reason it's a double-edged sword is your competitors are now doing that to you as well. So, you know, the days of saying, well, we're number one, we just need to sort of defend our turf. Uh, I mean, you still do, but in a much more aggressive way. If you're not out there capturing uh, more demand yourself, your competitors are going to be doing it for you. So it just created a, a sort of a much more dynamic, uh, aggressive posture on the platform in general. Have you heard anything? And I kind of, I've heard this and I always don't know if it's true. On Amazon, are the organic listings swayed by the paid search? Like, is there some way that like running paid traffic gets you better organic ranks or is that not true at all? So, so in a roundabout way, yes, but not directly. So you doing more advertising will create more things that then lead to a higher rank. So doing advertising doesn't make your organic listing rank higher, but doing advertising will get you to sell more product, which then gets more reviews. It'll get you added to more lists and then you're in more automated widgets. It'll get you into more email blasts. So this concept of the Amazon flywheel, which is essentially, you know, it's momentum driven. 
like the more success you have, the more success you will then have because the platform is looking for customer engagement. So you can directly impact customer engagement, which then will impact rank. But it's a, it's sort of a two-step process. Frankly, it's, it's similar to Google. You know, if you do a lot of, um, uh, paid search, you can kind of just generally get more traffic and more customers engaging with your site, coming back frequently, searching for you, telling their friends, and then that will cause an increase in organic rank as well. So it's kind of a similar phenomenon. Yeah. And it also allows you to, I feel like, test a lot quicker, right? So those learnings, you can then just get at speed where if you, if you start doing this organic and you're getting a couple clicks a month, you can't really A-B test anything, but you can start really A-B testing and you can A-B test at scale. And then that helps boost your organic conversions and everything down the line kind of seems like it just yeah. increases at that point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're, what you're basically doing is you're artificially spinning that flywheel faster than it would sort of naturally tick up on its own. I love the uh, flywheel term, by the way. Jim Collins just came out with a, uh, the, in the good to great, the flywheel chapter. Yeah. You kind of spun that off as a separate book, which is a fantastic. Oh, did he? Interesting. Yeah, it's literally, I think, called The Flywheel. It's like a 45-page oh, cool. like book on just that concept. Um, I'll Everyone's I'll have to check out. that out. Yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, I will. Big Jim Collins fan, but and he, he's kind of the the flywheel godfather. Uh, yeah, well, I've read his other two books, and I liked. I think what Good to Great and Built to Last, Last. Or those. Are, yep. Yeah, I think those are those are classics, both of them. But yeah, and the flywheel is such a great concept, and what you're saying it fits into it perfectly. It's kind of he's built into a completely separate book. Just interesting. Just because it's so popular, that one concept. That, so, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, one just one point on that. It's it's interesting because I think we talk about this concept a lot in our business because it directly relates to Amazon. But I also think it's it can be one of those kind of business buzzwordy things that loses meaning. I think the important thing to understand for people to understand when it comes to Amazon specifically is this is not some amorphous concept. It is literally built into the functionality of the site. It is programmed into the way the site functions. So it's not like a, oh, it's a first mover advantage. And that sort of means generally you, you know, do a better job because you were there earlier. Like, no, this is specifically engineered into the platform itself. And understanding that phenomenon and investing for future success is frankly the thing that sets apart brands and entities that do really well on the platform and those that basically just kind of hold the line. Yeah, I think that's, it has been very buzzwordy, right? Where everyone wants a flywheel and that's kind of, yeah, sure. but like, it really is one of those things where each thing on the, each item on the flywheel inevitably, like almost if it happens, you must go to the next step of the flywheel. Like there's no, so if you get more people to your page, that's going to just increase views. That's going to increase add to carts. Like each thing just kind of happens. And unless yep. you do something to screw up that step on the flywheel, yes, that's really yeah. basically the only way you can break it is to just find one step and screw it up at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, a lot of what we do is kind of mitigating those downside impacts, the things that prevent the flywheel from spinning as fast as it should be. And those classic examples would be like lost buy box out of stock because those are killers because the site's seeing, you know, you have more and more momentum, the, the product's doing better and better. And then all of a sudden it's out of stock. It goes to zero for three weeks it disrupts that entire process. So it's essentially on the proactive side, spinning the flywheel faster on the kind of preventative side, making sure that those downside impacts don't prevent it from, from picking up momentum. So, and a lot of those things, like you said, the, um, out of stock issue that will negatively impact your, even organic rank as well. Correct. 
Sure. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It tanks it. I mean, cause Amazon for good reason, right? Like the, the thing, the, the other thing to understand about the flywheel on Amazon, the way products are ranked is it's all trying to predict how a customer will react to the product. I mean, that's, that's, and that's why I think sometimes there's sort of these conspiracy theories out there about, oh, Amazon, you know, doing things to sort of artificially impact rank, but really outside of paid, because paid is paid, right? Paid is whatever you want it to be if you're willing to put up the dollars. But as far as organic goes, it really is genuinely meant to predict a, a customer's interaction uh, with the product. And if it's out of stock, obviously they're going to have a bad experience. So. Yeah, well, Amazon sees an indicator, right, of people coming to your page, looking, and then bounce, and then hitting the back button. Yeah. And anytime you hit the yeah. back button on a page, Amazon sees a, a huge red flag of something just went terribly. Like we got them there, and for some reason they really did not like this. So don't either not in line with that search term, or they're just something's not in line, and that's not what this person wanted. So let's just show it less. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So what are some paid strategies then? Is it literally just throw money at the problem or is there like some way of actually being a little more strategic about this? Yeah. So it's, it's very competitive compared to even two or three years ago. So search is, is, uh, demand driven, uh, supply and demand. So it's CPC bid based. So, um, you could throw money at it three or four years ago and probably be pretty successful. I mean, when CPCs are 10 cents, it's kind of hard to screw that up. Um, they're not now, you know, they're, they're upwards of, we see CPCs over $50 in some categories. Ooh. Yeah. What, yeah. Ca so what categories are those? So think mattress category, you know, your average ring is probably three, 400 bucks. Yep. A lot of these companies are frankly losing money on their strategies. They're just trying to gain share because they're, you know, they have venture capital. So they're kind of burning cash and you know, you, yeah, you $50 plus CPCs. So, uh, throwing money on it, not a good idea anymore. Um, Taking a budget uh, and then coming up with really a well thought out strategy is 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 still you know that's important. So just a couple of things to throw out that we've seen successful um, long tail keyword strategies are really important. If you're bidding on the term mattress, it might cost you fifty dollars. If you're bidding on the term uh, mattress for hot sleepers, you know maybe that's ten. If you're bidding on uh, queen. Uh, whatever, I'm making this up now, you know, queen microfiber topper mattress for hot sleepers, that might be 50 cents. So long tail keyword strategies are really important. And in aggregate, that keyword is not going to move the needle one way or the other, most likely. But if you add up thousands of those for a given product, uh, that in aggregate can lead to a much more sustainable ROI on a paid search strategy um, versus just going after the you know, the, the top keyword, if you're any top keyword, if you're, if you're bidding on, you know, iPhone 11 case, you're going to lose money on that campaign. There's, it's impossible to make money on that. Now you may do that because you want to be top of search and there's strategy there, but you have to offset that with long tail keywords. So I think that's something we've seen a lot of success with. Um, I think it's really important to have technology that plugs into the Amazon advertising API. There's lots of providers out there now, you know, they all have kind of features, benefits, cost structures that are different. But I think tech has become now table stakes. If you don't have tech that builds features on top of the kind of um, native 
uh, ad tool, then you're going to be behind. So you need to be able to do things like day partying, time partying, um, different, you know, keyword research strategies, uh, bid management strategies, essentially to keep up. Now, if you have a thousand dollar a month budget, it's probably not worth buying tech to, to optimize that. But if you're doing anything at scale, um, technology now is, is, is really critical as well in terms of accessing some of those new features. And then last thing I would say, we always think of advertising kind of with this race car analogy to win a race, you need the best car, but you also need the best driver and you can have a great driver in a bad car or a great car with a subpar driver and you're still going to lose. So for us, the car is the tech, the driver is the actual person using the technology. There's no tech that's sufficiently good where you can just hit a button and it just runs your advertising for you. You still need a human working on the tech. So um, when it comes to really fully maximizing the, the opportunity with Amazon advertising, uh, you really have to have those two pieces. So as far as a person, are people outsourcing like Amazon advertising agencies now? Like, is that a, an actual thing? Yeah, it is. Wow. Okay. It is. So advertising. So we're a full service agency. Okay. So you guys um, do that. Yeah. We do content. We deal with operation stuff. We do strategy, but advertising is a big part of our work. Um, I would say there's probably hundreds of agencies now that either exclusively or as part of their services offer Amazon advertising support. So yeah, it's become this entire sort of cottage industry. Um, and frankly, for good reason, because you you either have to you know build this in house to fully optimize it. It's not saying you have to use an agency by any means. You can do it in house. You can do it well in house. But you either have to put the resources to hire someone that knows this space really well, and then buy technology. Just you have to do that in house, or you have to hire an agency. To me, those are, that's the only way to really do this right. You can't have you know your your Google AdWords guy kind of jump in and do it as a as a part time job. It can be somewhat effective, but if you really want to maximize it, you have to have specialists. And so it's created this interesting kind of, you know, uh, cottage industry around that that space. So, yeah, the hardest part about advertising is platforms. You need a specialist because you need someone to be watching it day to day just because it's yeah. so rapidly iterating. Yeah, um, I remember at one point going like a deep dive into Facebook ads and I'm like, I'm a Facebook ad expert and like, you know, like learn pretty much everything that was to learn. And then four months later, you check it again. And you're like, I literally have no idea how to use this tool. Everything's, just, different. everything's yep. different. The, yep. They've literally took the board game and just dumped it on the floor, changed the rules. And you're yep. like, oh, I we're playing that game. And like, nope, different game now. So it's as soon as you just leave for like any amount of time, it's very hard to pick back up in these ad, these, uh, ad marketplaces now, which is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, you know, we have a whole team dedicated to this. I, I have no idea how to do this. I could never do their jobs, right? Like if they're they're doing this all day long it's their exclusive job is, is running amazon advertising for our clients but if it's not your full-time everyday job you're just you're going to get left behind there's so many new betas and features and changes and i mean it's just a constant series of, of iterating because you have to think this is new for amazon in a lot of ways i mean relatively new it's really a couple years old and amazon moves very quickly and in a lot of ways they're in a race against google and facebook they have some fundamental things working to their advantage, but they also are in a race in terms of building out more features, data sets, transparency, et cetera, to capture more ad dollars. So they're moving really quickly to serve the market. Therefore, you have to have someone that's kind of, um, you know, in tune with that. So, yeah, they're probably where they Amazon today is where Facebook ads was maybe five plus years ago, where yeah. 
you know, just like the rule, like there were rules like never use automatic placements. And then a few years later, always use automatic placements. Like it literally like every like, and if you read any kind of um, information just from last year, it was literally telling you to do the exact wrong thing. So is there any place you'd recommend if someone wants to actually learn a little bit about it and actually try to optimize some of the stuff on their own? Is there any up-to-date kind of best-in-class place to learn about that? Or what would you say? Yeah. Um, so, so first of all, Amazon, I know, is trying to do a, a better job of putting out information and, and resources around this. So I would just check out the Amazon advertising domain. Um, they, they put out training videos. They have now a certification program. I'm not sure if that's open to the public or just agencies. I know we're part of it, but it's, it's I would say, at least worth checking out the actual Amazon properties. Um, I mean, self-serving, but our blog, I think, is a good place to learn as well. We try to put out a lot of information. Uh, we have a YouTube channel as well. And then just a couple other uh, like agencies do a good job of, of content marketing. Um, Tenuity is a good one. They put out a lot of good information. Um, uh, I think there's a couple others, frankly, Google is a pretty good place just to search for specific things. There's a lot of thought leadership out there, but to your point, you know, I'd make sure the articles no more than six months old or it may be out of date. So, um, that would be my recommendation. Yeah. That's one thing about those articles. I always found put the current year in your search. Like when you search in Google, yeah. you got to yeah. put, you know, 2020 and there'll be, cause if you just put a generic, you'll find something from like 2015 that's just runs you in the wrong direction. So I always put the, yeah. the year at the end when I'm looking for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. Yep. Any other kind of tips you'd say? So let's say you want to start running ads. Is that kind of the, is that the big lever here or is it, do you start really looking at on page and get into that a little more? Like, is it, what percent would you allocate towards which one? Just in terms of effort. Yeah. yeah so it, it, in some ways it depends on where the business is at, but if I was starting from scratch today, um, I would first spend the time to figure out the least sexy, but most important stuff to launch a business, you know, how to get your product to Amazon in an effective way, whether it's third party or first party, you know, how to make sure you have a prime offer, you've FBA, you have in network on the one P side, you have seller fulfilled prime, different ways to achieve that. But for most product categories, a prime offer is just table stakes. If you don't have a prime offer, you, no one's ever going to see you or convert. Um, so all that retail ready stuff from there, I would actually focus on content because content is really critical to conversion and, you know, functionally advertising is directly correlated in terms of its efficacy with conversion rates. So you really want to maximize as well as you can conversion rates first. So basic content, a plus content or enhanced brand content, uh, brand stores, all really important. Uh, foundational elements of, of success on Amazon. And then the third thing would be Amazon advertising to really drive as much demand as you possibly can to the product. Obviously those things can happen in tandem. It's not like you have to do completely one and then, and then the other, but, um, uh, but content really is critical. I mean, there's, there's a lot more opportunities for rich content than there used to be on Amazon. Uh, Amazon wants to be uh, a product search engine. I mean, they are in, in a significant way already a product search engine, but they want to be a place for discovery, for product research, not just to say, I want this very specific thing. I'm going to go on Amazon because I know they have the best price. Like they're going to continue to be that, but they also want to be a place that I say, you know, Father's Day is coming up. 
Uh, I have no idea what I want. So instead of, you know, bumbling around the mall, you bumble around Amazon. Um, to make that really work, they need a lot of content, um, a lot of rich media. And so that's something they're putting a lot of resources into from the perspective of opening up opportunities for brands and sellers to create that content. Amazon's not going to be creating it themselves. They're not going to be editorializing, but essentially they're, tr they're trying to create more structure, more opportunity for brands to take it upon themselves to build that. So I think that's, that's a really important piece and it will probably only become more important in the future. Again, as competition gets better and better at this, it means that you have to be relatively even better to, to then have an edge. You know, it used to be five years ago, if you had just A plus content at all, which is essentially more enhanced content versus the, the standard, that was like you were ahead of all the competitors. Now it's not, everyone has A plus content, so it's how good is the content? Do you have video on the product? Do you have 360 imagery? I mean, there's a lot of stuff now that, that can be done, so. Yeah, they definitely, they've made a lot more um, opportunities on the product pages to actually like customize them and just make them enhanced, right? Whereas before yeah. it was just like description and like that was it. Yeah. Now in like yeah. some bullet points, there was like bullet points in a description and that was yeah. like the end. Now yeah. there's graphics, everything. Yeah. But as far as, and I feel, I know a lot of folks when they're kind of doing this on their own, when you start talking conversion rate optimization, a lot of folks have a hard time. A, I'm not sure how to, how to exactly to measure that on Amazon, if that kind of, they expose that now. And then B, how do you, like your actual, do you have those analytics of when you come to the page, how many people have bounced, how many people have converted? Like, do you have those kind of raw data numbers? And then how do you know that yours are good versus, you know, the guy next to you? Like, how yeah. do you know that information? Yeah. It, to be honest, it's a bit of a black box. Okay. So Amazon doesn't deliberately release any of this information. There are some tools where you can kind of back out some, some data. You can back out an estimate of conversion rate. But Amazon's not providing any what I would call kind of customer interaction metrics. Like they provide sales data, they provide data on the advertising side of the fence in terms of um, you know what advertising specifically was doing, so there's attribution, but they don't provide any data around conversion rate, bounce rate, you know, what was the add to cart rate, they don't, they don't provide really any of that. So you have to be, you can estimate some of it and then I think correlate whether it's improving or declining. Um, but how do you estimate that? Like, how would you even back into that number? Yeah, you can take if you have a hybrid. So this is getting really specific. But if you have a hybrid account, if you have a, a seller central and vendor central account, if you correlate two data sources in there, you can estimate a conversion rate. Ooh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not the data science guy. So I'll, that's probably where I'll stop because otherwise <laughs> I'm going to out over my skis, but, um, but I know it, it, it is possible. Um, uh, sounds like that'd be a good but, blog article for you guys right there. I feel like that yeah, would be that's, a, that's yeah. probably true. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And I mean, even that may change based on some things Amazon's probably going to roll out next year, but, um, you know, they've always been really paranoid about releasing any type of site metrics because then, you know, competitors and wall street can find out a lot of things about kind of where, uh, the company's going and what they're doing and, and not doing. Um, generally, though, to take a step back, you know better content is going to improve conversion rate, right? So, like, that's, I mean, I know that's that's not a real scientific way of approaching it, but 
there's also a general understanding from a marketer, from a merchandising perspective, that if you give a customer a better experience with the product, more information, et cetera, um, then, then you know that's going to increase conversion rate. And actually, this is an important thing to add in. Amazon just launched an A-B testing tool for enhanced content. So this is like this is a big deal because it's the first time they've actually gotten behind a data-driven uh, process to make decisions around content. So we're just starting to play with that on uh, on our end for our clients. But um, but I think that's that's a really interesting opportunity now to actually A-B test. Now it's all relative. Right. So it's just I don't think it's going to give you specific numbers, but it'll say this one's better than this one, basically. Um, but still, it's 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 an improvement. So, yeah, I've heard of people even doing that. I know I had um, Kim from Pickaboo on here where they can basically show you you can kind of go to them and basically say, I just want a bunch of males, 18 to 22 that all skateboard or whatever. And you can just like say, I need this certain demographic and I want to show them to Amazon listings. And then they literally, you can just basically like, they bring the audience, they show you the thing, they run the AB test, and then you just get the results. And that's cool. Yeah. And so you could basically use that to um, almost just build your own. Um, sure. What do they call those? You guys sit behind the glass and kind of watch the watch the thing going on, but then kind of just get the data and see how see how the listing did, and use that as analogous to, because when you refresh that content, as it, you know the better content. Once you get to a place of better content, right? You could always make the content not, you you think you're making it better, but the user doesn't agree. Yeah. So you kind yeah. of have to A/B yeah. test that content, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, when when you're talking about iterative improvements, that's where you have to have data or an A/B test to to really to get better. I agree. You know, if you're going from oh, we have one image and a sentence description to we're going to have rich content, like you know that's going to be an improvement. You kind of can't lose. But once you get into, you know, should we put this word above this word or the, should we make the title a little bit longer or shorter? Those types of very specific changes. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're doing that without uh, an ability to AB test it or provide conversion data, you're just going to be running around in circles. There's really no point. So. Yeah. And it's very hard to do it live, right? Cause you know, if you're running it a week before Black it's Friday, dynamic. it's too dynamic, right? Yeah, the it's whole... too dynamic. Yeah, there, there's and there's just and that's like the idea that you could say, well, we made a title change and our sales increased. Yeah, it doesn't. Even well, end. there's 700 other variables. Your competitor went out of stock on 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 a product. Your competitor raised the price. They lowered the price. You know, it's a different time of year. There's so many different um, uh, variables. You could never assume that just pulling one out is going to be directly attributable. So yeah, if you don't have kind of a, a, a place to actually AB test that or get actual metrics, then yeah, it's impossible. So okay. yeah. And it's one of those things, and this is way too geeky for this conversation, but they talk about like P value and basically you need to have like a really high level of certainty to actually believe that title is better. Right. Because, and like you said, if you know, you just had no images and you add images, it's, I can, I can just tell you it'll be better, like without even looking. Yeah, images better. Like, yeah, that's just, yeah. yeah, but yeah, once you once you start optimizing, that's when you need, and not just a little data. You need a lot of data to have any certainty because maybe your little A/B test of hundred users might be one thing, but when you really start scaling this up, it can go pretty drastically in the other direction. So, yeah, for sure. So, any other thing? So you're talking on-page content, run ads, any other kind of big things that people wouldn't be thinking of when they get into this? I mean, 
you know, the interesting thing with Amazon is, is there's hundreds of different opportunities. I mean, there's, there's literally hundreds of programs, merchandising options, marketing programs, um, you know, different things they're testing and betas and some of those, all of those can work some of the time and they can all not work other times. So what I mean by that is, is when I have like these conversations or, or frankly, when we talk to clients, um, really trying to focus on those things that we know are going to move the needle the vast majority of the time. So I don't want to oversimplify it, but you know, that's when you talk about content advertising, you know, in stock rates, lost buy box, those types of things. Those are almost always going to be important elements of the business to focus on. Um, there are tons of other programs that are interesting. One uh, that I would just kind of add in, and it's in the advertising bucket, but it's the other side of the advertising fence for Amazon is, is paid display. Um, this is not necessarily like a no brainer program. I mean, there's lots of ways to fail and waste a lot of money with display, but if the circumstances are, are, are right and the goals are in line with what is achievable on the display side of the fence, it can be a very effective incremental tool uh, to a strategy. So couple things to keep in mind, you need to have a decent scale. So if your total ad budget isn't three, 400K a year plus, you probably just don't have the scale to be doing display in an, in an effective way. So one, you have to have that. Two, you have to have realistic goals. It's higher funnel stuff. So you're probably not gonna convert as well with the exception of retargeting compared to search. But if you have, if you're launching a product, building a brand, trying to create general awareness, going after uh, uh, customers engaging with your competitors, um, going after a specific kind of demographic, behavioral target, it can be really, really effective for those things. So, um, and we're actually seeing now big brands shift a huge percentage of their overall Amazon ad budget into display because of some of the results that we're seeing. So that's definitely something to, to if you're at a decent scale already as a brand um, or as a seller to, to take a look at. Um, you know, other than that, there's a new program that's launched every week. We test most of them. They're all very um, context specific. What I would say generally is if it seems to play into what you're good at already, then you should, you should check it out. For example, if you do really well on QVC, HSN, then you should be looking at Amazon live video. If you've never done a live video production, you've no idea how to do it, you've no, you've no talent and you sell paper towels, probably not gonna be a fit, right? So like, and it, so there's so many programs that have, that can be great for a specific use case, but just are going to be more kind of niche in terms of, of what they offer, so. I like that concept of starting lower in the funnel, right? Kind of starting closest to the money because that yes. you make an optimization and you see a result. Like it's almost like, it almost like has to happen versus display is this like very high level top of the funnel thing where, you know, it's like the carpet bombing of advertising where it definitely works, but you need a lot of it in what it works. The, the coolest part is it makes your uh, search actually work better because you've carpet bombed everyone already, but you need to have the bottom of the funnel basically like working flawlessly before you can even think about going top of the funnel. So that's yeah, definitely yeah. a good and, way of looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, there can be kind of a, a shiny ball phenomenon with Amazon because they are doing so many cool, new, interesting things, buzzy things 
that it's easy to frankly to get distracted by those and and to kind of lose track of the things that are actually going to move your sales number next month. Yeah. So like once you're doing all those, maxing that out, then start looking at the shiny next cool thing because those can move the needle. But, you know, yeah, I agree. Focus on what's closest to the money first. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's a great place to leave it. Focus on what's close to the money. So if people want to find you, learn more about you, where can they do that? Yeah. So, uh, orcapac, O-R-C-A-P-A-C.com is our website. Uh, I'm super active on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect personally, just, you know, feel free to reach out there as well. So awesome. I'll link to that in the show notes. So thanks a lot for coming on. Perfect. Thanks so much.